Hey guys, this is Hey Suits, and welcome to the following Patreon listeners Gordon D. Duke, Adam Adakovin, Christopher Durback, Tristan Gilbert, Seren Kai, Nick Morgan, Modrigan, Keith Showalter, and David Bellinger. Thanks for helping these new business owners get rid of some troublesome squatters. And it's, the door stops for halfway and then continues. Like it pauses. And then it can use opening the rest of the way. Sticky hinges. Yes, of course. And inside you you hear nothing for a second here. I, I I must insist on you coming out if you are someone in need. Of course we could uh, discuss ways that I may be able to help, but uh, you must first show yourself or that will get curtains. And as soon as you say that, you see something slowly appear in front of you. A ghostly form. A woman in a in a tight corset uh, with uh, pants that go basically barely past her waist. She looks look beautiful except for the ghost part. Except also the fact that her half of her face is literally a skull. She looks upon you and she says, Hello, governor. I scream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fanable Podcast Network, where we return to a world we haven't gone to in a long, long time. I thought we, a world we thought we were finished with, but apparently we had to go in one or maybe more times, depending on how this story goes. Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome back Dungeons to Shadow no, We're going <laughs> returning to Unhallowed Metropolis. Yeah! yeah. A world of neo-Victorian horror, a world far in the future, yet still stuck in the past. Where undead horrors afflicted the world in the Victorian eras, and civilization never grew up from that time. It's a world of animate monsters, a world of vampires, and pure imagination. Pure imagination, but with strict and noble Victorian values. I mean, one of those is true. Is it in yet? Gordon Roll. It's going in dry, sir. Oh. <laughs> my mistake. My but th- mistake. This is a this particular story is a new story, not from the not with related to the old characters at all. This is a story of an entrepreneur, a woman who wants to see herself as a business owner, who wants to see herself as a future of a future of a woman who can strive to be something greater in this. Let's be honest, rather corrupt, dirty, and very smoky city. One Trudy Parker, a former uh, lady of the night who chose to rise up and become her own madam. Of course, the problem is finding the, the right place to do so. Because any type of building she would want to make into that regard, she would have to buy a building and then spend the money to like convert it into the proper place. But surprisingly, a new place had opened up. A famous place, actually, too. At least, not only to the East End, but various parts of the West End. A place called St. John's Public House. St. John's Public Public House. House. Originally owned by Honoria Quist, a a very famous and very, at least at first certain people, very uh, harsh, cruel, but very business-minded madame. And with her, of course, her loyal bodyguard, Big George, who, for whatever reason, left quite suddenly. No idea what had happened to them. 
Not even their, not even uh, their employees know what have occurred. Suddenly, she just disappeared, and after several days of no notice, with the bills coming due, her property was actually brought up by another individual, an individual by the name of Alfred Bentley, a noble who liked the idea of owning his own brothel. He wanted to rough it. He wanted to be not a madame, a monsieur. A monsieur who owned a brothel and had the highest clientele and got as many women as he wanted because he owned a brothel. They can't say no if he owns the place. <laughs> and on the, on the first day, he invited everyone he knew to go to the St. John's Public House to party up and be part of this experience. The problem is... Everyone was there. <laughs> Chlamydia, syphilis, <laughs> gonorrhea. The problem was... Honoria Quist was known for her discretion. Alfred Bentley, the 20-something noble, was not. So anyone who was anyone did not go. So there were many of his noble friends who are of the same mindset, idiots, but also various people from the lower class he invited. Basically, they were basically there to fill seats for nothing else. Just to showcase, this is my brothel. That night was, at least from what most people heard, was a hell of a party for the first hour. And then there were screams. No one really knows what occurred. But by the time the death watch came, first the cops, and then when they saw the blood on the walls, the death watch came in. They only saw in the various floors blood and bodies. No one knows what occurred. But it is said that with so much death, well, no one really wanted it as a brothel, and no one really wanted to purchase for quite a long time. It was on the market for quite a while. First for, first for 10,000 pounds, 8,000, 5,000. And as the story started circulating about the horror that occurred, it went down to a pitiable 1,000 pounds. And at that point, collecting all the resources she had, collecting all the favors she had, she was able to pull the money together. And from there, we find, gathering all the money together, Trudy Parker, in the offices of Steven, Stevens and Rubio. Yes. In front of Stevens, a largest gentleman. In front of her is a large contract. And you see Stevens go like, and please sign uh, there. And uh, there. Check. And uh, one, two, three. Ah, and uh, there. Check. And the money, please. Uh, Very hesitantly. Uh, Trudy Parker, who is a woman in her uh, early 40s. Mm -hmm. uh, she's kind of, you know, a little softer framed. Uh, uh, she has dark hair with the first streaks of silver mm -hmm. um, sh striking through it, uh, pulled up very respectively on the top of her, her head. Mm -hmm. um, she pushes the sack of money across the table very slowly. And um, and there far less delicately, like he's handled far more money with far, with like ease. Like, looks as like he shakes it around. Oh, that sounds about right. And he just throws it into a back back box in the back. Uh. Well, <sighs> congratulations. You are now the proud owner of St. John's Public House. We will give you, of course, a month before we talk to you about how you can repay the debts to the house as well. Uh, the, I, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, the debts? No, it's all in the contract, of course. The various debts that Alfred Bentley... Uh, brought up when he was trying when he renovated uh, St. John's Public House to make it more. I think his term was uh, modern. Uh, I think the numbers are in the contract. Let me look at it. On to ah, right in the you see the subprints over here. Uh, right here, 
Uh, you owe ten thousand pounds in debt. But don't worry. I do. I knew that. I've seen that. Now you can pay it in one lump sum, but of course he didn't pay it right now. So I'm going to assume we we can work out a payment plan. Of course, but you know what? We're kind here at uh, Seems Arubia. We will give you a monthly sum that is most likely manageable once your business in is in full uh, tilt, which will be uh, quite soon. Of quite course, soon. you are a business-minded uh, lady, so you will most likely get that business. <laughs> That, uh, some would say is a little thing, but it's a necessary business in our world, because, well, it sells. But, uh, please, uh, go ahead and, uh, enjoy your new property. Uh, th- thank you. Yep. And a bit later, Trudy Parker, she is there in front of the rather small dive bar-ish tavern that sits, you know, sits on top of St. John's Public House. You go inside... Of course, the place has been empty forever. There's dust everywhere, a few cobwebs. You go through the very tiny, like, hallways, through, past the, like, the bar section, past a couple of tables, and head towards the back. Go down the deep, dark stairs. And there you are, in the first floor of St. John's Public House. You see before you, the, the stairs down, uh, it's a lar- the middle is a large open space with, uh, you will say this, they did clear out the bodies, and they cleaned out most of the blood. And that's also part of the reason it costs so much, because Alfred Bradley didn't pay, also didn't pay for the cleanup that was required. He still needs to pay the cleaners for that part. Congratulations, you have debt. <laughs> and so basically, there is still left, there is still, like, some of the uh, stuff that he bought, like, huge, uh, the closest thing Victorian-wise to basically those massive sofa chairs and Basic areas where people can hang out, the bar in the back, and to either side, there's uh, five or six doors on either side for rooms where people can um, experience the joys of the brothel. Mm-hmm. And in the back, you know, is a f- stairs to the back, further down to the various entertainments. You look around, it's dark, it's, it's brooding, but you know what? You're fine. It's mine. It's yours. And as you step, you take your first step forward, your first step hitting the wood floor, and you hear a ch- and the side is echoing. You hear ch ch The ch 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 you expected from the step. You do not expect the cha ka ka. Look around. Take another step. Ch ch ch. But this time it's a direction coming to your from your right. In one of the door from one of the doors, the first doors to lead to one of the rooms. Hello? Uh, whoever that is, you can't be in here. Uh, there's a new proprietress now. Going to, you know, uh, stiff up her lip, stand up straight, mm-hmm. start walking towards the door. Right, this, walk. Is, this is my place of business, and it is my right to go wherever I so choose. The door stands in front of you. And everyone's where you're... Be just a draft. Poke the door. The pork door is unlocked. Before you see, uh, not you know because you have a somewhat layer layout of the place, kind of. Uh, on your request didn't really do the show the layout, and uh, Alfred didn't really tell anyone about the new changes he made to the place. But door opens, and you see a relatively smallish room with one bed, a little nightstand, and maybe one chair. It's, of course, rather dark. You did turn on the lights, but they're sort of flickering. Mm-hmm. 
and it's, the door stops for halfway and then continues. Like it pauses and then it continues opening the rest of the way. Sticky hedges. Just, of course. And inside you you hear nothing for a second here. I, I I must insist on you coming out if you are someone in need. Of course we could uh discuss ways that I may be able to help, but uh you must first show yourself or that will get curtains. And as soon as you say that, you see something slowly appear in front of you. A ghostly form, a woman in a in a tight corset, uh, with uh pants that go basically barely past her waist. She looks look beautiful except for the ghost part. Except also the fact that her half of her face is literally a skull. She looks upon you and she says, "Hello, governor." I scream. Yep. And actually, let's do a first roll just to see what your real reaction is. Give me a wits roll. Uh, you want, uh, this is a fear roll, just difficulty 11. Alright, so I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna add Your my wits, wits and yes. I'm gonna try to get over 11. Over 11. Add or, I think at or over is, 11. Is it wits or will? Will, sorry, you're right. Okay. Will. Same number for yes. me, but. 14. You don't piss yourself, but there's a ghost in front of you. I still would have liked to scream. Yeah, but there fair. will be clients for that later. <laughs> 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 Hello, governor. Screaming and running. Okay. And I'm assuming you run out. Yes. Yep. You're screaming, running out, you're screaming, and then as you scream outside, pausing, you see uh, the, one of the door opens, and uh, one of the houses opens their door. The old woman comes out, and he goes, Harold! Harold, someone has in! Was this frightened by the ghosts? And you hear far behind, there's like, oh, <laughs> that's always funny to watch. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Trudy, you know, picks herself back up, and, you know, kind of rearranges her her stole and uh, her jacket. Um, par- pardon, ma'am. I'm a tree yeah. Parker. I've just uh, uh, purchased this building. And sorry, what what did you what what did you say? Scared? I was not scared. Mm. I, I was. Well, not the scared. scream says otherwise, young lady. <laughs> I, there's the. Uh, well, well, what what would you think might scare somebody? I'm going to assume the ghosts. Did you think ghosts? Uh-huh. Ghosts. Well, I assume ghosts. I mean, the squatters that try to go in there scream out about different types of ghosts there. Uh, there was, let's see, there was the one about the woman saying hello, governor. And there was another one about the man with the, uh, running back and forth. And I think there was another one about the, the other man with the entrails. <laughs> yes, well, yes. But uh, yeah, everyone, everyone that tried to go in there, a few gangers went in there once, tried to see if they could loot the place and ran out uh, screaming, one had white hair, he didn't have it going in. <laughs> well, you should know that actually I was just testing the acoustics and the soundproofing, so everything is fine and shall be fine, and I look forward to uh, being neighbors. Good you day. Which deception roll? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Do not have deception. Mm-hmm. Deception of uh, I think wits is, deception is just wits. Yeah, I think it's just okay. a wits roll. Or, or is it charm? Sorry, it would be charm, not wits. So just charm. Yes, just charm. All right. Eleven. She's smart enough, and she knows about the ghost. She's like, sure, honey. Sure. Well, good day. Good day. Hello, governor. She yeah. says to you real fast, and just slaps. <laughs> Yep. And off I go. Where do you go? I don't. Not back inside. 
that bad. So now you have a ghost problem. You realize that now to your place. Where would you go to solve that issue? Would you call someone? <laughs> <laughs> someone mm-hmm. who might bust to this problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess... Don't say bust when it talks about a bra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would... So, I mean, I know I have a, a, a patron and yes. other people that I know, but I know you'd also suggested some people that I might know that mm. aren't necessarily on my sheet. No, no, no. I'm going to say if you have a patron you want to go to for okay. this advice, then you can go to that patron. No problem. Who then do you go to? I'm going to go to the offices of the uh, Ladies Gardening Monthly magazine. Ooh. Okay. You go to the offices of Lady Gar- uh, Gardening's Monthly, a bi-weekly magazine, originally showcasing everything oh, a, a woman... Sh- a monthly oh, magazine. Sorry, I apologize. Sorry, you said monthly, <laughs> yes. I don't know why I went bi-weekly. Uh, you, a monthly magazine where originally, when it was owned by Sir Rutherford, was so, supposed to depict everything a woman should know to please the man and be the perfect wife and matron of the house. It was eventually uh, later uh, taken over by who? Uh, it was... Then taken over by Sir Benjamin Pankhurst, uh, who passed away about five years ago, and it is currently run by his widow, Ellie Pankhurst. And Ellie Pankhurst has rapidly changed the publication, where before it was just, let's be honest, just, it was a filth magazine, where basically like, uh, how to be your man, but also how to be a good wife. But it was changed to like, many people are acknowledging as a, like a actual, despite the title, Gardner's Magazine, showcases real news, has real investigative journalism well and honestly the title actually helps some people access it because either you've had the Mm -hmm. subscription forever or Mm -hmm. you know your spouse may not approve of you bringing in blue stocking literature but Mm -hmm. ladies gardening monthly there's no problems there okay and 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 within that in the last couple of months it has gotten some hype and it but it's still a rather modest building uh, about two stories with a part in the back where, t- where's print and press is mm-hmm. basically printing out the numerous magazine. You go through the front doors, you see, uh, numerous, uh, men and women typing on various typewriters. A uh, couple of pe- there's actually a few rooms in the back for interviews. And as you go up the stairs, you see the main offices where, and you go to the rooms of Ellie, the massive room of Ellie Pinkhurst, the main, uh, owner of the establishment. And honestly, the people, the secretary in front recognizes you. She's like, yeah. she passes her hand. And you go inside, and you see Ellie uh, actually working, uh, opening a book, and writing something inside of it. Uh, uh, Trudy makes a, a you know, token knock at the, the mm-hmm. door just to alert uh, Ellie, uh, Ellie of her her presence. Mm-hmm. Um, do Do you have a moment? Ellie Pinkhurst is a a tallish, uh, tan skin woman with uh, uh, just a shortish hair. She looks up older, older around her sixties. He's like. Of course, please sit down, sit down. Just let me let me finish this real quick. Uh huh. And there we go. Uh congratulations to you. You will not be investigated. Anyway. Me? What? No, no, sorry, I was talking to who oh. I wrote in the book. He let's just say, uh he wanted a favor. I purchased something I needed, and it worked out. I'm I'm very glad to hear mm-hmm. that. And um Speaking of, I've purchased something. I've made uh, my first investment as a landowner. Really? In what sort of... where? What land? Where? Uh, uh, St. John's Public House. St. John's Public House. Somebody's, like, drinking water in the other room and goes... (laughs) (laughs) There's a record scratch. There's no records. (laughs) I remember I sent... uh, 
one of my ladies to investigate. There was a horrendous murder there, as I recall. Yes, but that's what made it such a good deal on the market. Oh? I mean, you were always an ambitious one. It's going to be hard to track folks to a place where several were murdered. Actually, everyone was murdered, but if anyone can do it, you can, I guess. I mean, it's a hard road, but I think you can do it. I, I've always appreciated your, your faith in me, and I do consider you a true and trusted friend, which is why mm-hmm. I am coming to you with this very disturbing news mm-hmm. that it is haunted. With, wait, haunted? Haunted by ghosts and also haunted by bad debt. That uh, no one informed me. Uh, Wait, no one warned you? It should have been... If they didn't put it in the contract, you are not legally liable to it. it, Well, it it was a really long contract. You didn't read the contract? I read a lot of it. You always read everything. They always put the bad stuff in the middle because they know you're going to scan the front. They know you're going to scan the back, but you never check the middle. It was really small print. (laughs) That's what they always... Okay. But I have a month to start making those payments, so mm-hmm. now I just need to, in the intervening time, uh, es- you know, get everything cleaned up, uh, establish mm. the clientele, and I'm hoping that you may someone may know someone who is uh, helpful in uh, the removal of ghosts from a premises. <sighs> Bloody hell, my love! You have. <sighs> I know you were eager to get out of the hands of your former. Uh... Madame. By the way, she is again spreading rumors about you, just so you know. The bad kind. Well, see, they won't have to just be rumors, and she'll get to tell the truth for once. (laughs) Oh, trust me, I'll try my best to not mention the fact it's haunted, but I'm gonna assume St. John's Public House purchases public records, so I'm expecting a day or two. They're gonna talk about how you're going. If you go to your brothels, go you will be possessed by demons and do ungentlemanly things, or something along those lines. That's usually the point of coming to a brothel is to do ungentlemanly. Okay, let me rephrase: ungentlemanly things that were made public. <sighs> Very well. Uh, let's see. And she looks. She opens a cabinet and op- looks through the paperwork. Well, first off, you will of course need someone to aid you when it comes to the ghost itself. Uh. Someone who is known for their discretion, at least. Ah! Uh, the the offices of Woodward will probably do. Uh, Dr. Kendall uh, Woodward, uh, here's his card. Uh, that's his location. But you also need some form of security. You are a young lady about to open up a brothel. You will need some form of security as well. Even be- definitely in the beginning. Some rather largest folks, I would assume. Because even as you're investigating, there are going to be gangers who are going to immediately, perhaps not go inside, or maybe go inside if they're not afraid of ghosts, to um, ensure you pay them their cuts as you get to a meeting. Of course. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, well, there is... Ah! There is a undertaker I know who may be inclined to help you out to aid with his own debts. A Thaddeus Percival Kennedy bit of a... I'll be honest, he thinks highly of himself, even though he is not shouldn't, according to his ill luck as of late. I'll give you his card as well to find him, as well as... Hmm. You know what? I know of a commander, Commander Lillian Fitch. Finch. She can probably find someone in the Death Watch that might be able to help you. It will probably be a small favor. The Death Watch are always in nine demand, but maybe she'll find someone who has, I don't know, perhaps an injured off day or something. 
you, you really think that the Death Watch need to get involved? I'll be honest, I... Honestly, this is a personal favor. Honestly, uh, with the business with Garen Ghost and honestly, that part of the East End, the only reason that Anya or Quist was able to have the De- St. John's Public House is because of uh, Big George, who was well known in the community to uh, taking care of threats to her business in the most brutally, brutal way possible. With You don't have a Big George as of late, so you need something at least close to protect you. So I'm sure she has somebody you can use, hopefully. That's... I'll be honest, this is no guarantee. Of, of course, of course. And I, I do appreciate mm-hmm. you uh, reaching out to you or giving me these these names, these contacts. I know how, how precious that can be in of your course, business. Of course, of course. Honestly, girl, I wish you the best of luck. And uh, um, I'll be honest, not 100% altruistic. I know for a fact that brothels are known to, well, put a few drinks on a man and give him the pleasures he desires. And he can have rather loose lips. Nothing that endangers you, of course. but. If anything slips out that you can safely give to me, I would appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Well, I've given you the cause. I wish you good luck. Thank you. Mm. And uh, before they part, uh, uh, Trudy is going to go give her a, a hug. Oh, it's, you know, a little little friendlier than the Victorian era would normally yeah, see. Yeah, but the but doors are closed. It's fine. Yeah. yeah well, it's and like, it's like, it, it, their relationship yeah, yeah. was more of the, like, that probably physical it has, but mostly the, like, she needed an equal to talk to. Exactly. Because her husband's an idiot. Yeah. Was. Oh, no. I mean, don't was an idiot. Dead. And she made sure she cried a lot during the funeral. Didn't cry yep. since, or before, really. Yep. <laughs> and this is mostly business. Mostly There's business. There's an affection there. Yeah, yes, yes. Mostly business. All right. And then she says goodbye, and then you go out. Who do you visit first? Uh, I am going to uh, go talk to uh, the, the good doctor. Mm-hmm. What does the law, the offices of Dr. Kendall, Kendall Woodward look like? Uh... Well, first of all, hello, everybody. This is Dan, playing the good Dr. Kendall Woodward, uh, who we first meet uh, not in, inside an office, uh, but just outside of a building. Uh, he is standing there with a, well, frankly, a dour expression on his face as he is um, standing on the on the sidewalk outside of a uh, a building, maybe two or three floors uh, uh, tall, um, surrounded by a, a couple of carts, uh, piled high with all manner of odd equipment, um, tubes and, 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 and cables and, uh, all manner of brass and, and other metal contraptions. Um, and he is, uh, looking at the door to this, uh, establishment, which is currently open, uh, and through which, uh, several burly men are coming out, carrying even more equipment that they are placing onto a cart. Uh, quickly followed by a very, uh, stuffy looking noble, uh, who then turns to the good doctor and says, like, and next time make sure to pay the fucking rent on time. And then the door gets slapped in front of, uh, the good doctor who is left standing out on the street, no longer with an office, <laughs> um, because I did not pick up the merit for it. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and in a bunch of equipment. Uh, on on the sidewalk. That is that is our and, first impression of the doctor. And Trudy, that's what you see. And the, you do hear the last. And next time, pay your rent in the air as you see the door slammed in his face. Hmm. Um. Hello. Uh, would you happen to be Doctor Kendall Woodward? Depends. Are you a creditor? I am not. Well, in that case, I am the good doctor. Yes. How can I help you? 
Uh, well, I am uh, uh, Trudy Parker, ple- pleased to make your acquaintance, mm-hmm. and I have uh, come into possession of some property that right. appears to have a slight uh, problem with some spirits. And- Excellent. Let's get right to it, then. Like, can you uh, help me maybe move all this? Oh, uh. um, and she looks for, like <laughs> the smallest thing to pick up. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Yeah, you you you, you see uh, what looks <coughs> like a an oil lamp, um, except you know it's got a few extra bits and bobs yeah. and and inside. But I'm sure uh, it's just a normal oil lamp. Yeah, and as soon as you it pick it up, like inside, there's like a sort of a swirling mist, uh, and uh, and out of that mist, a uh, goggle-eyed sort of fish with teeth that literally like long enough from its lower jaw, they kind of goes up over its head. It's kind of like swims up to the glass and. You see it like hit the glass. You don't feel a yeah. physical impact, but it's like. Ah! I mean, yeah, that's the don't. Uh, yeah, I'll take that one. I'm going to need a place to set all this up. Well, I, if you would like, I do have uh, ownership of a building, and currently has no tenants or any residents that are uh, alive. Uh, if you wish, while this is being handled, you could. A set-up shop there. Great. I will need uh, the address. And he kind of looks up, opens up a, uh, you know, his wallet kind of like picks it. Yes, well, I suppose I can pay somebody to carry this over. And, uh, yeah, he's, he, I'm assuming he gets the address from Yes, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and Up to you work. whether you recognize the address uh, of St. John's He would house. not. Okay. Like, he hasn't left. Like, he only leaves his office if there's a ghost involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the pleasures or of the flesh. Kicked out on the street. Exactly. <laughs> or, or gets kicked out on the street for, for not paying rent. But the, the pleasures of the flesh are, hold no interest to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, once he's given the address, he will uh, pay an urchin as, <laughs> he, as needed. Willard! Yeah. <laughs> Willard! <laughs> Find a handy urchin, give him a, a shilling mm-hmm. or three, and, uh, and, and start transporting all his equipment okay. to St. John's Public House. Nice. Uh, do do you wish to set up your equipment, or that there are a, a few more individuals that I was going to speak to to help with this um, problem? Well, if they can help transport things, it's all the better. <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> perhaps I don't know. Let's uh, go speak with uh, Thaddeus Percival Kennedy. Where would they find Thaddeus Percival Kennedy? Places they don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a uh, dilapidated part of uh, town, and uh, there are. F- Precious few people on the streets, even for neo-Victorian London, it seems like the clouds are darker, but just here. And there's no one really on the street until uh, the alleyways empty, occasional detritus blowing back and forth uh, amongst, amongst the cobblestone roadway, and it is deathly silent. And then all at once, exploding out one of the uh, desolate shop windows long since abandoned, comes hurling a body of a man in tattered clothes, and it lands with a crunch, breaking their uh, breaking their arm and one of their legs, and it's quiet again. And then slowly, regardless of the shattered femur and broken arms, the animate begins to stand back up. And that is when there are more moans that come from inside the shop as a tall undertaker with a wide brimmed hat and a long leather, long leather coat 
holding a sword in one hand, a revolver in the other, and three animates hanging off of him, steps out from the window, and the fourth animate jumps on him, and he crumples to the ground as they try to get some sort of uh, bite or grab onto him, and he stands up throwing them all off. And bam! 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 With a massive revolver that cracks behind him, what little glass remains on the windowsill shatters from the effect of the uh, discharge. And slowly, with a creak of leather and rubber, looks over at the two of you. Um, hello. Um, we are just in the neighborhood looking for a, um, a Mr. Kennedy. He slowly stalks up to you, puts his weapons away, and then grabs your face in his hands, cupping it. He turns your head left, turns your head right, pulls part of your cheek down to take a look at your eye. Well, now please, unhand me. And takes off his quaff and his, his gas mask, says, and beneath is a pale but handsome looking, um, white guy with impeccably uh, impeccably manicured, long, curly mustache, and on his eyes he wears reflective oval glasses. And he looks down and says, Well, I say, madam, I don't believe this is the kind of place for a woman such as yourself. It's very dangerous here, but if you are searching for one Percival Kennedy, you have found him. Well done. Thank you. Um, I was uh, given your your name by an uh, acquaintance of mine who thought that your service, your skills may be of service in my my new venture, as uh, I have recently taken ownership of a a building that is um, quite unfortunately haunted, and uh, we are requiring to clear it out and uh, establish an air of safety about the the building before we can begin establishing clientele. Well, it seems that uh, you are um, absolutely looking for someone of my uh, prestigious abilities, in which case. He turns around to the four, like, decimated headless bodies. It seems that my schedule has just opened up. Very glad to hear it, sir. Fantastic. Where is this, um, this place you speak of? Oh, well, it's a... a, a Sorry, give me one second. Rather parched. Uh, Go on. Uh, it's the, uh, the, the St. John's Public House. <laughs> <laughs> All over the doctor. <laughs> Who had just come around. So you hadn't seen the doctor up until now. He literally just came around the corner. He's dragging several heavy cars. Like, I can just go back around the corner if, <laughs> if it's necessary. Well, that's um rather ambitious of you. Well, I am an ambitious young woman. I can see that. Well, then. Um, my rates, uh, I think you'll find them reasonable. And, uh, being quite honest with myself and you, I would be remiss to leave a lady in peril, regardless of the economic outcome. I accept. Thaddeus Percival Kennedy, at your service, ma'am. Thank you. Do you need help with that, my good man? Of 
Yes, please. And uh, he walks away, lights a flare that Undertakers sometimes use, and just drops it there and dusts his hands off. We'll let the follow-up um, clean those up. Please. Ooh, this looks delicate. <laughs> it's full of ghost fish. Don't. <laughs> ghost fish? I don't believe in them. That was just, oh my god! <laughs> Where to? Uh, well, if uh, you wish to, to get yourself settled in, Doctor, then, uh, and if you would uh, assist him, Mr. Kennedy, uh, there is uh, one more uh, place that I must stop to uh, ensure adequate security at the site. So, uh, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen. Well, I certainly hope that it's more, uh, you know, amicable to your delicate nature than this place. Of course, though. Yes, ma'am. And I go to, uh, I'm sorry, what was the name of the, the commander? Commander Lillian Finch. She yeah. would be in the Death Watch compound. Yeah. All right. I go to the Death Watch compound. You head over to the Death Watch compound, which is on literally right next to the wall between the civilization and the Blights. On the civilization side, of course. There's a massive construction, uh, extremely wide, or in and of the several doors that compose of it. It's, it's more. It looks more like a on modern day, it looks like a courthouse you would go to. And as you go through the massive uh, double doors, you see various uh, members of the Death Watch, some of them security. You walk in, and they literally patch you down to make sure you don't have any weapons or anything of the sort. You go inside, you go through a couple of corridors, up a couple of stairs. You see a uh, door that says, a uh, door with a sign of Liniana Finch, Commander. I knock on the door. Come in! Uh, hello. Uh, hello. Uh, my name is uh, Trudy Parker. Um, a dear friend of mine, uh, Ellie Pankhurst, said that you may be able to assist me with a small matter. The woman you see in front of you is a tallish, uh, white-skinned woman with uh, deep red hair. But on her face are a few scars from, you can tell, probably some sort of attacks of, over her time. As well as her arms, uh, at least her forearms are bare, and there's also marks on them as well. And she has, uh, for this woman that looks like she could rip a person in half, she has a tiny little pencil. Then a, li- a piece of a tiny little piece of paper that she's ri- like a notepad, like a little notepad type of paper that she's writing something small in. And as you look upon it, rather delicate handwriting. Who was that again? Uh, Ellie Pankhurst. Ellie Pankhurst sent you. Okay. She puts down a tiny pencil. <sighs> Take a seat. Uh, why would she bring you here? Thank you. It's Trudy says as she sits down. Oh well, I am a businesswoman who has come into ownership of some property mm-hmm. that is. In a um, less prestigious uh, part of town, and in fact may have a slightly notorious reputation, and she suggested that perhaps there could be someone amongst your your ranks who could be uh, of service at a bargain rate to help maintain security of the site. So you're asking if I have a member of the Death Watch to sell off to you for a limited amount of time, Death Watch members who you know, protects civilization from the horror of the blight for a moderate fee. Where, where, what exactly is the location you may have purchased? But first, let me take a sip. <laughs> but first, let me take a sip. She takes, she takes out some tea. St. <laughs> John's Public House. She pauses. <laughs> <laughs> she pauses, presses a button, someone walks in and gives a stiff salute, and she turns towards him. <laughs> That will be all. St. John's Public House. You purchased St. John's Public House? Indeed. Do you know there was a 
massacred there a while back. Indeed. They just still haven't found all the bodies. Well, they in, indeed, and it seems that some of our dearly departed are not departed enough. Uh, but it is, as you said, the Death Watch's job is to protect civilization. And while this is an unsavory aspect of civilization to some, it is still indeed a very integral part of civilization. Hmm. She's rehearsed that. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she's asking for a, to do the seat using one of her favors, hmm, I may actually have someone. You don't have anything against Yankees, do you? Nothing more than the next person does, I suppose. Hmm. This may work. Follow me, and she stands up, walks around the desk, and heads towards the door. Trudy follows. Yep. You go down from the second floor to the first, and further down, uh, past uh, one level of the basement, to the second level. You go down here, it, it, there's a smell of air that hasn't really been uh, circulated well. A very dusty, but also kind of moldy, and as you turn a corner, you realize you're in prison cells, essentially. Uh, if you see everyone's on a dripping of water. And you go through a couple of cells, you see uh, various individuals that you probably wouldn't want to meet in an alley. Uh, a couple of Nor where you, obvious animus just charge at you, going, one of, was some sort of feral vampire screeching at you, but in chains. And past all of them, you see one cell, an individual sitting down. Sitting on the cell is a man who is not wearing a prisoner's uniform. You saw a lot of these people wearing rags, but he's wearing modern pants. He has shoes. Socks, at least. Uh, a shirt that doesn't have holes or stains in it. And his prison cell is a lot more clean than the others. Uh, it is still a prison cell. And he's... It, it's not fancy, but he does have a pillow. He does have a cot instead of a bench. And he does, in fact, and you hear this before you see it, have a harmonica. And he's blowing on it, and... As you guys get close, he takes the harmonica away, away. A man who is 30 years old, dirt blonde hair, a stubble, and he lays back on his cot and sings, Home, home on the range, where the reanimates get a little strange, when the vampires hurt and you shoot them in thirds. Home, home on the range. Plank, as a gloved hand hits the bars. He shoots up, spots Lillian, and the biggest face uh, grin uh, grows on his face. Hey, Lily, looking looking sharp. Good day, Nathan. Apparently, I may have a job for you to pay off some of your debts to society. And he immediately straightens up as he spots Trudy, who steps into his line of sight. And he stands up and kind of saunters over towards the bars, leans lazily against it, almost melts against them, and he holds out his hand. But unlike a shake, he kind of holds out his hand as if he's going to get kissed on by her. And he's like, hi, my name is Nathaniel Rook. What can I do for you, beautiful? <laughs> Despite his Americanism, he's a rather competent soldier. He was actually one of the Minutemen, the American equivalent of the Death Watch. Huh. Some would say superior. No one here would. No, no one at all. That said, he is also somewhat of a prisoner. He is slowly paying off his debt to society by 
undergoing jobs for the crown. This could be one of them. If you're fine with a prisoner under your command. Ha. I have great manners. My mom taught me proper, and I always treat a lady with respect. Ask Lily right here. Uh, Mostly. He does curse up a storm on occasion. May I inquire the nature of his crime? Why don't you explain it? Well, hi there, Lily. You see, I was part of the uh, diplomacy uh, department with the Minutemen. You know, the government would send some of their representatives across the sea, across the pond, as they say here, and uh, I followed along with them. And one night, I went to a bar here on the docks. Uh, Rarely nice. I enjoyed myself. And uh, there was a fellow that came in, acting all sorts of rude. Grabs a lady. Grabs another lady, and next thing you know, he's snaking his hand in places there. It shouldn't be snaked. Not in public. Not with the look and the terror on the girl's face. So I stand up and I say, sir, you got to be respectful. He looks at me, and he says, who is going to stop me? And I'm sorry, that's an, that's an invitation where I come from. So I pop him in the face, and there's two things that happen. I hit his jaw. His head hits the bar, and he sort of dies, which is tragic. I wasn't aiming to oh. kill the fella. Well, unfortunately, he was, um, <clears throat> I suppose you, the term would be slumming it. Uh, he was a nobleman's son. Uh, his father is, <laughs> get this, his father is that fella, um, uh, 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 Benedict, uh, the, the, the guy from the House of Lords, Lord Benedict. Even and you would have heard of Benedict. Oh. Benedict is like, He's not the, like the speaker of the house or whatever the hell the parliament works. Mm-hmm. But whenever the high lords and the low lords, uh, minor lords, end up conversation, he is the guy who is the high lords talker. Mm-hmm. He's big news. So I killed his son. Um, and uh, I suppose that uh, deserves some sort of slap on the wrist. So I was given 20 years uh but here, Lily found me a year later, rotten in a cell, and she thought I could be useful. Oh, oh. I, I suppose it would be acceptable to have him work with, with me for the time being. And as far as I can tell, despite his mannerisms, he is a gentleman. He won't try to betray or run off, as f- I hope. Oh, God. No, no, no. What sort of work am I doing? Let me take a sip, swig of my, uh, uh, my, my canteen here. <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, I I do require <laughs> I require some assistance uh, protecting and and readying the mm, uh, big sip <laughs> <laughs> the establishment at uh, St John's Public House. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, it's backwash. I was all backwash. What's a St John's Public House? <laughs> and that's that's that's, that's, a, that's when you, you I I you, I have you walking me out of mm-hmm. the uh, prison, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, with I have a rucksack over my shoulder, and as soon as I step up behind you, I take a deep breath of air and just say, "Oh, God damn! It smells terrible." He's in London. You fellows need some fresh air, you know. Get out there and get the mountain purple mountain majesty and shit. It's in short supply here. Please <clears throat> come with me. Oh, I will follow you to the end of the earth, ma'am. So, what's your name again, Trudy? Uh, Trudy Parker. Oh, you can call me Nathan, Nate, Nat. You can call me all a bit Rook if you like. You may call me Miss Parker. Oh, Miss Parker, we keep it up formal, but you can call me Mr. Rook. Indeed, Mr. Rook. Okay, I don't like that. You can call me Rook. 
So lead the way, ma'am. I'll follow. Hate to see you go. Love to be respectful when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and we reconvene at St. John's Public House. And you find you, you, all of you traveling towards St. John's Public House. Are you standing in front of the massive, do- not small doors, to the dive bar entrance? All of you, is everyone there around the same time? Yeah, I say that sure, why not? The, yeah. the next shot is all of us just standing in front of the St. John Public House sign. There's an ominous crow in the air. <laughs> if there's crow in London, right? There's ravens. Yes, ravens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're all just kind of standing there in a single fi- uh, single uh, column looking up at the St. John's Public House. Mm-hmm. So this place is supposedly haunted. Uh, it's th- There's no supposedly about it. It is... <laughs> Most indefinitely quite haunted. And this is also a brothel? Or was a brothel? Was and and shall continue to be, once it is uh, ready for for business. So spectral whores. No. No. Oh, I'm sorry, you use some fancy words like adventuresses. No, nobody actually uses that word. But there should be no ghosts here. There should be no ghosts here. But there are ghosts here. But there are ghosts here. (coughs) But we're not going to call them what? That word was. No. Gotcha. Hi there. My name is Nat. It's just a pleasure to meet you both. Uh, just before you say, uh, you guys might pick up my accent. Definitely a Yankee. I apologize, though. We're not a lot of options. Uh, yeah. In one fluid motion, <laughs> Thaddeus had reached out his hand before Nat had spoken, and the second he opens his mouth, he just put his hand down again and pretends to clean his gum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I might get American. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the doctor has paid no attention to any of this as he has been. He's still outside and um, he has refused to go inside. I'm going to say we, we probably arrived a couple of minutes before you did. Uh, and, and the doctor is just outside the door holding a, a device about the size of a large sort of pocket watch. He's kind of like moving it up and down the door and consulting certain, several dials. Mm, some quite uh, a bit of spectral uh, the residents here. Concerned about? Was, oh, sorry, yes, yes, I'm very concerned. Uh, just the etheric readings here are just completely off the charts. Unless holding it upside. Nope, nope, right side up, <laughs> off the charts. Uh, since the people who arrived earlier, yes. give me a wits perception roll. Can do. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Uh, is this roll related in any way, shape, or form to the ghosts? No. And ghosts. Okay, gotcha. Uh, that's 15. 15. The Undertaker mm-hmm. doesn't notice anything. Surprisingly, the ghost hunter, probably because he was scanning through the door, yes. does. He looks at the door, and you're not sure if she would have locked the door or not, but the door is ajar mm. to this dive part section. And with a 15, you look left and right, and not ghosts, but it looks like people hiding in the shadows. You can't tell their exact number. But maybe hiding in an alley nearby is one or two people. And hiding behind, a, a, I don't know, think a trash can of some sort? Or just behind some refuse is one or two other people. And the door, like you said, is ajar. Uh, yes, the doctor kind of like notices that, taps the door with one finger, just doesn't, like, not even, like, lightly enough that it doesn't even, like, taps it as if, like, checking to see that it is, in fact, a real door. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he is, he is wearing a, a thick set of goggles uh, that he, like, reaches up, sort of adjusts the lenses, and when the uh, – and eventually sort of just shakes his head, lifts the goggles up, and now the entire party can see that uh, 
His eyes are completely white and glow very faintly in the generally dim light of London. Um, and and uh, he kind of looks around, blinking. Did you hire additional help? Uh, no, just the the three of you here. Well, then who are those people? I really don't have time for this. This place, the other are you trying to be and that's about this, or just no. That's our, that is as go. much warning as he's like. I don't have time for this. I'm this, and okay. he just refocuses back on his etheric. As readings. soon as he says that, you see uh, coming out of an alley. It looks like three large men coming out behind another corner. Two other large men uh, to the to your left and to your right, and you hear from inside. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to surprise you. Why don't you uh, come in, Miss Landowner? I'm sorry, who am I speaking with? Oh, I apologize. Uh, Jeremiah from the Red Cutters. Is that any... Uh, I'm going to say... Would you need to roll streetwise? You would really roll streetwise if you to know anything about this. Yeah. And then I also have criminal associations. Uh, seven... What is criminal associations? Do? Criminal associations is I am connected within the London underworld. Oh, you are connected, right? I forgot completely about that. Yeah, you would know these guys. Okay, uh, they're so, like, I'm fine if I don't know this guy, but you, if he's, you like, don't know, he's of but this you, group, yeah, you know this guy, but you know this group. This is just a local gang. Okay, yeah. So what? I, th- this is now much less intimidating yeah. than I was worried it was going to be. Oh, terrifying horror from beyond the grave? Oh, no, it's just fucking gay. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, it's idiot teenagers with a death wish. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> So he's he's inside and he's You can asking. hear of them hear him at least inside. Yep. Inside my building. Inside your building, and you see three uh large men to your left, two large men to your right. I have no problem coming inside, especially to deal with trespassers. Trespassers, only for now. Please come in. <laughs> Talking through a door is rather rude, don't you think? You're the one who is being rude here, sir. Silence. What do the men have on them? Give me a wits perception roll. Okay. I will be also be rolling my wits perception roll. Mm-hmm. 13. 13? 14. Uh, both of you see that very all of them, as far as you can tell, have some sort of melee weapon. Uh, someone may, looks like it has a pipe. One of the two of them have a, two, uh, knives. You don't know what the people inside, if there's one or more, you, don't, you can't tell because the door is pretty much closed, except for a small gap. But the, to the left and right, melee weapons. I flick my eyes towards the man who I also notice who is kind of giving them, you know, the eyebrow looking around. Mm-hmm. I I understand that Kennedy, your name's Kennedy, right? Not at all. No, Ken- your name is yeah, my yeah. Kennedy. Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy's definitely a man who's doing the same exact thing I'm doing. And we kind of lock eyes and I just nod my head slightly. I look towards the uh, good yeah, doctor doc- and yeah. I'm sure he's not doing one, anything like that. No, the doctor is is is, is back to scanning the door and, and, and checking his reading. I can see he's like scanning and like a big man steps in your way like, excuse me. You know, <laughs> like like he would stop, scan the person, confirm with a very simple role, which is very hard for me to fail, so I'm just going to take it, uh, take that, it. that they are not currently <laughs> possessed by spirits and then discard them from his just mm-hmm. his perception of reality. Yep. Um, yeah. he, is, he is here to do a job and will not be deterred by thugs. Trudy, how do you want to play this? I'm going to go inside and deal with the ruffians who think that they can intimidate me out of my own space. Alrighty, well, hey, everybody, let's make room for the lady. She's coming in. Mm-hmm. She's coming in. The men on each side don't move or anything, but 
you go in, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Okay. You go in, the door opens. And, yeah, like I said, it's like a, it's more of a dive bar section, the top part. So it's very tight spaces, a few tables, but with a tight little bar on the right where someone can, uh, can order some really cheap, disgusting, uh, drinks, which is uh, technically a front, but everyone knows St. John's Public House. So this isn't necessary, but Victorian times, it has to look a certain way. And sitting behind the bar with a glass, with a bottle of some sort of drink that you assume they got from a court, from your stock because you bought the place, is a very, uh, let's be honest, rather youngish, uh, young man. Uh, probably hasn't even hit 18 yet. Oh no. Yeah. But look, he has, but he does a push up. So he's not gonna. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he like, he has a, like a smirk on his face. He looks upon you. He, he does a, he does the teenager up and down on a woman. You understand what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, I, you, know what this, you know, occasionally, I don't know if you know this, but men will actually look at a woman and then look down yeah. and up again. And it's sometimes be- not make it all the way back it, up. Yeah. And guess, guess what? They're looking at boobies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me. When we're done, uh, uh, remind me to tell you what Tiggled Biddy's actually mean. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's easy, easy up and down. He's like, hello, young lady. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I walk up to him. You also notice as you walk up to him, three other bruisers and various ch- uh, chairs around on uh, tables, like looking at you, having some expensive scotch on you. They are welcome to watch as I walk up to this young man who could literally be my child. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna smack him across the face. Slap the shit out Give of him. Give me a roll. His core, he doesn't have much. I'm gonna say his core addition is two, so 13 to hit him. Do I get any sort of bonus for- I would think this is surprising. This is surprising for him, because okay. he's a 17-year-old idiot. Alright. Yeah. What? A girl didn't like me calling her a young lady? <laughs> <laughs> I was nice. Oh, I'm a really I- nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought right. you were- you should smile more. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Ooh. A, uh, 12? 12? Uh, nope, it's 13 to hit him. Okay. Yep. It's very difficult for me. He, he swaps back, he's like, oh, watch out, you don't want to hurt yourself. I'm good, actually. <laughs> as soon as she squeaks back, he's like, oh, you don't want to hurt yourself. I'm doing fast draw, and I just pull suddenly my revolver's out and pressed against his head. And, and, uh, camera turns around, and silently and just as quickly, the Undertaker is now holding up gun in one hand and a big fuck-off sword in the other, <laughs> and he's pointing at one of the ruffians, and he's pointing- he's, yeah, he's basically got his arms both out. I'm gonna recommend that you don't move, son, and, uh, lady, you can take another shot at him if you'd like. <laughs> uh, and I really- I just don't like when you move away, and my finger's been itching like a son of a bitch. Give me an intimidation roll. It's gonna be real easy difficulty, because fucking idiot, but- Uh, 18. <laughs> Plus, is this a charm? No, 20. 20. 20? Okay. 17-year-old head of a gang. Really easy for him to take on old women. People who are hobbling. And what they expected was one lone woman. Like, the last time you came over, you were just one lone woman going into this place. They did not expect a Yankee with a gun and an undertaker. There's also a guy, doctor with like a stand. Yeah, well, all, the, well, all this happens, like, this, my character just like walks along, like, the background. <laughs> and there's a pause as he stares there with eyes wide open. You roll a 20. Mm-hmm. There's an odd smell for a second. Ah. As he pisses himself. And you see 
the other guys look at each other. The other guys in the bar look at each other. Slowly stand up. You see the young kid look at his supposed buddies and head of his, oh, we're going to make a new gang. As they just walk out, not even... They, oh, no, they don't. <laughs> no, my character backs up and says, Oh, no. You leave with the woman that you came with. And since your friend there is not leaving, this is why you find trustworthy leaders. Sit down, you are guests. They sit down. And you hear, goes like, Oh, ma'am, um, <clears throat> uh, I apologize. Uh, we will pay for the whiskey <coughs> we will pay we will pay for the whiskey that we uh and other shut up she's talking yes ma'am sir <laughs> both <laughs> i look towards you and i kind of just lean my, <laughs> my, my 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 gun's still pressed against his forehead but i'm now leaning my, i have my elbow on the bar and i'm just le- leaning my chin against my hand as i'm just watching <laughs> you smiling jeremiah was it yes you will repay me for the whiskey that you have drank yes you will repay me a cleaning fee for defiling my place. Yes. You also, in return for this word of this not spreading anywhere else, you are going to ensure that nobody else tries to do what you have just tried to do. Give me a persuasion roll. Because, yeah, this moment is scary, but he also knows other gangers that would probably want a person for information. So... And is persuasion just charm? Or it's just it? straight charm, Okay. Yes. 22. Goddamn. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's just shaking his head, still pissing himself. Excellent. Gentlemen, they are allowed to depart. After payment has been made, you are, you do have payment on hand, right? Of, co- of course. And he, he's just checking his pockets. One, two, three. Bobby! Bobby, get your coin purse out. Bobby goes, Bobby, like, I, I don't want to. Get your fucking purse out! And the three other men, like, get their tiny bags of coins <laughs> and start counting it on the counter. It's like pennies. Pennies, shillings. just trying. It's like, if, and then if there's a moment, like, can I, uh, can I call my buddies outside to pay the rest, ma'am? Yes, you may. Okay. All right. And then he, he's like, get the rest of you come in here, please. And, and the- I, I nod to, uh, to my gang to allow <laughs> yeah. the rest of them in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they sheepishly go in and put the coins there. Oh, and like, they occasionally like look up at me to see if they've made it yet. And yeah. I just keep going, like nodding. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to empty their damn pockets. And eventually they, they figure it out. I was like, oh, and they just empty everything they have on the counter. It's been excellent doing business with you. Yes, 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 ma'am. And they all nod ahead sheepishly and like just slowly walk out, like looking back to make sure you're not going to shoot them in the back. And then they, they walk away. And as soon as the guns start to go down, they sprint. <laughs> Actually, before before they go, I'm assuming he's you know he's he's uh, probably bringing up the rear, yes. uh, and uh, just as they're starting to move, uh, the doctor who had been kind of just wandering around, just kind of steps in front of him, holding up the uh, the reader again, just like holds it right right, oh, and yeah. he's not wearing his goggles, so mm. he's like got the glowing eyes, like looking right at him, mm. and as the device makes nary a sound, like, as I suspected, absolutely irrelevant, and then just. <laughs> Turns and walks to back to, to check everything else. I really do. I'm already liking your characters. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Fanable. If you liked it, then head on over to Fanable.com. We've done a lot of games, and I'm sure there's something there you'll like. 
You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. If you find a few dollars burning a hole in your pocket, then you can go to Patreon forward slash Fandible and become a member. You get early releases and access to special Discord chats, and we get to keep the lights on. Finally, please give us a rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's super helpful, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.